Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Don Fite, currently administrator of Little Flower Church in Middle Branch. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. I'm delighted to be with you today. Yeah, it's great to have you here. We're going to continue our discussion uh, from the UCAT about what we believe as Catholics, and we're talking about uh, the sacraments, and in particular, baptism. And uh, is baptism, question uh, 199 asks, is baptism the only way to salvation? Well, I can say yes. I'll have to qualify that in a few minutes here. But certainly, uh, Jesus did not give us many ways to be saved. Um, he said, uh, did he not, uh, unless you're born again of water and the Spirit, huh? you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. So uh, we see baptism is normally the way to salvation. Um, for those who have faith, uh, we don't we don't just go up to people, sneak behind them, and <laughs> baptize them um, uh, so that they can be saved. There must be faith too. But uh, certainly, it is the way that God expects us to be baptized. It is necessary for salvation. Is the teaching of our Catholic Church. Uh, now, of course, we've always recognized that not everybody has the opportunity for baptism. Many people live in, uh, in situations uh, where, for whatever reason, they have not really learned about Christ or don't understand his invitation. Um, but uh, there are many people who seek to serve God faithfully in other faiths. Uh, um, and um, they, they do, as Romans says, live according to their conscience. We all have a, a conscience. We don't have to be a Christian to have a conscience. Uh, that's something that's planted in us, St. Paul says in the Romans letter, uh, by our very uh, conception and birth. So if a person seeks God, seeks to do what's right and to, do, uh, to avoid wrong or to, to repent uh, as they would uh, feel a need to do that and know how to do that in their own heart, we call that being baptized by desire. And we would say, though they do not explicitly know Christ, uh, they will be given an opportunity by God to uh, come to Christ. They, they will be saved only by Christ. That's the key. Uh, but we could come to him without knowing that we are. I had a seminary professor, a priest, who said, you know, I, I would like to think that such a person, in the act of dying, God will reveal that the one they were serving was his son and that he is Jesus and that he is the one who has saved them and will they come to him. And, uh, and we certainly hope that uh, people would. Okay. I, uh that brings up a question that, that I've had from some of my Christian brothers and sisters who aren't Catholic. And there are several verses in the Scriptures, in particular in John and in Romans, that says that if we believe in Jesus Christ, that we will be saved, or our faith has saved us, not referring at all to baptism. What would, what would be a good answer to them if they say, well, you don't need to be baptized. You just need to have faith in Christ or to believe in Jesus. And we don't want to tell them they're wrong, uh, to have faith in Christ. But, you know, when we use the scriptures, uh, when we open our hearts to the word of God, uh, the word of God doesn't come in little pieces. Uh, it is one word. Huh? It is all the word uh, that is Jesus Christ. Huh? And he speaks to us not just in this text or that text, 
but in the entire word that is given to us. So that's why I referred to being born again of water and the spirit, which Jesus said is necessary, uh, because it's the fullness of what he has to say about his gifts that has to be listened to. And uh, so they're choosing to emphasize just that one verse about faith in Christ, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're neglecting the part that he said uh, to Nicodemus when he said you have to be born again of water in the spirit. Uh, perhaps they see that as a spiritual water, a physical, you know, I mean, a, a symbolic water. But mm-hmm. our church has always said the evidence is from the very day of Pentecost that Peter wanted them into the water. And that, uh, so it's, it's a combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, water without faith would affect nothing. And I think they want to emphasize to us the importance of faith because maybe they think that some of us look upon the water as like magic. Just get the water on you and you're, you're okay with God. You're, you've been saved. There, no, there needs to be that faith too. So it's not either one text or the other. It's both and. They're both needed. Well said, Father. I think one of the beauties of being a Catholic is that we have the fullness of the teachings of Jesus Christ, which means that we have all the books in the Bible, plus we have the church that he built who can authoritatively help us understand the written word of God, but also the sacred traditions, the spoken word of God. So we have both sides of the coin where unfortunately some of our Christian brothers and sisters only rely on the word of God and they only rely on their interpretation or maybe their pastor's uh, understanding of the scriptures. That's right. And we have the strong belief that the tradition of the church is an apostolic tradition, uh, one of the marks of the church. So uh, when the church is giving us these teachings, it's got to be founded in what the apostles gave us. That's why we do go back to the scriptures uh, for uh, what we believe and, and, and how we put that faith into action. Uh, and, and here in the 21st century, we can stand on the shoulders of giants of the saints that have gone before us and, again, helped us to better understand what Jesus meant by what he said and St. Paul as well in the scriptures. That's right. Yeah, it's how blessed we are. So, Father, question 200 asks, what happens in baptism? What actually occurs? Well, I suppose we who are Catholic, uh, right away we think of things like, um, well, the original sin is washed away, we say. huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that uh, uh, none of us committed that sin. But in some way, if original sin is the absence of the Holy Spirit, uh, the absence of grace in our hearts, uh, that we're born that way. We're born without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the sanctifying grace that God wants to give us. The first effect of baptism is to remove that which would impede the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, because sin and the Spirit cannot coexist in a person's heart if it's a deadly sin. And so the first thing is personal sin, original sin too, all sin is removed by baptism. And then uh, we are able to receive that beautiful indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And whose Spirit is it? It's God's Spirit that dwells in Jesus. So when we receive the Spirit, we're being in, in just... Uh, immersed in into Jesus too um, who leads us to the Father so we become brothers and sisters to Jesus uh, in our baptism we become truly children of God as I tell parents God has always loved your child from the from all eternity and especially after you conceived a child and gave and it was given birth uh, but now uh, the spirit comes to dwell within the child's heart and uh, so there's a, a destiny now this child is from all eternity until 
forever, that child will be a child of God. Uh, so, Father, just to clarify, all of us have the stain of original sin on our souls when we were born. Is that correct? That is true. And that's because of the sin of Adam uh, well, and Eve, of even, disobedience? Even when we're conceived, sure. That's right. Um, and we are all, uh, you know, go to St. Paul again, that Romans letter, uh, you know, in his fifth chapter, I believe, I believe it is, where he begins to meditate on um, what is this <laughs> that is so, just seems like, uh, of course, Martin Luther saw it as, a, as like a, a blanket that covered us. Huh? And we say, no, it, you know, the, uh, it's, it's something within uh, our hearts that is missing. Uh, there's an there's a absence of the the presence of God, and uh, sin, that's what sin does, you know, it causes death, and we're born in a state of death, so to speak, because we don't have God in our hearts. Mm -hmm. So when we uh, receive the sacrament of baptism, you said we receive sanctifying grace. That's right. Could you uh, expound on that a little more as opposed to regular actual grace or any other kind of grace? Sure. Those are terms, uh, sanctifying uh, to make something holy. huh? And when we're baptized, we become holy. Uh, we often use the uh, term grace for uh, the grace of, uh, I need the grace of patience. I need the grace of, uh, of uh, control of my anger. I, you know, there's a lot of actual graces in this moment. I, I what do I do? I need God's wisdom right now. I need his help. But sanctifying means an indwelling that lasts for always. Huh? Unless we choose to enter into a deadly sin, we always have the spirit dwelling within us. Okay. Beautifully said, Father. So question 201 asks, what is the significance of receiving a name in baptism? Ah, <laughs> I'm glad the catechism asked that because I just think names are so important, huh? uh, and uh, uh, I, I, even parents sort of know that. They ponder and ponder and ponder, and they argue back and forth, <laughs> which name, which name. Uh, but it's important, we know, because each of us is individually precious to God, and your name, you know, is, doesn't God say here in the book of Isaiah, I have called you my name, you are mine. Each one of us is individually so precious to God. And so the name uh, represents that far from being an anonymous person, each one of us is a very special person. And the name signifies the person that God loves. Huh? God loves me. He loves Tim. He loves Father Dawn. Huh? Uh, but he loves me individually. And I am unique. There'll never be another me or another you. And for all eternity. My name is my name. Well, that's beautiful that the Catechism emphasizes that personal relationship with God and in particular Jesus Christ because it's so easy to get caught up in the fact that maybe we don't know or maybe we need to be told that God loves us, but not just as in general the body of Christ or as a group, but as you just said, individually, as an individual person from all of eternity, he's loved each one of us. But we better, Tim, we're wrapping up baptism today, so let's not forget that I didn't really stress yet that when you're baptized, you're baptized into the body of Christ. You become part of uh, this living body that is the church. And uh, so therefore, that's why the last question here, when I'm asked to consider picking a name of a saint as my child's name. Huh? A parent is asked to do that. We've always thought that it would be good to have a saint's name because the saints are 
people of the church who have given us exemplary example of how to follow Christ, and now they're before the throne of the Lamb. Those who have died, those saints in heaven can pray for us. And so I'm glad that I have St. Donald and St. Leo and St. Joseph, my three saints through baptism and a saint through confirmation. I believe they pray for me, and I believe that I should look to them as models of how to live my Christian life. So uh, I think it's great when a child is given a name. Uh, I sometimes tell parents, if you picked a name that is not a saint's name at all, um, you can pick a saint for your child. You can tell your child uh, later on that, you know, you have asked St. Teresa or St. Isaac Jogues or whoever you certainly admire that you've asked that saint to pray for you and be a patron saint to you. Mm-hmm. And perhaps then when they get confirmed, they will be open to taking that name for their confirmation name. Good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other point that the Catechism makes that I think we should cover, Father, is that baptism is the foundational sacrament allowing us to receive all the other sacraments of the church. Absolutely. We can't uh, get married in Christ in the church. You can't get, uh, I can't be ordained a priest. You can't take communion until first you get baptized. You first have to be living in Christ, and then you can receive the other sacraments. That's okay. right. Great. Well, well said, Father. You've been listening to Father Don fight. Go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and this has been Tim Perry, your host for Faith with Father at Living Bread Radio. Until next time, may God bless you and yours. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, Email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.